Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. See you guys this morning. Um, yeah, hey, um, I just wanted to say, in addition to uh, what Kenny did, and, and again, thank you, Kenny, just for leading us. One of the things with these prayer requests that we absolutely want to do is I don't want you to just write it down for the sake of uh, filling up your notebook, but uh, you want to be a part of these prayers. You want to be a part of the transformation that is taking place in the lives of these individuals that we're going to be lifting up over the week. And so the, the one thing is, is that you, sh you should do is follow up. You know, you should ask Tari, hey, how's it going with Malachi? How's it going with Christian? Nice playing football right now. We need, to, we need to be praying about that. Uh, just that he's going to be okay, you know, uh, with those changes. And so what's going on in Centralia? You know, we want to be praying for that Bible study up there, for the gospel to go out of the Newfell's home into the homes of, of those individuals there. And so I love being a part of transformation that God is going to do by my submission and prayer. I love it. I love hearing that God has moved on something and then I I was a part of that. Now he was gonna do it. I didn't I didn't do anything, but I was a part of it. Oh man, I love that. You don't want to miss out on that, especially we're talking about salvation and attitude changes and all of those things, people's health. You guys know what that means that a lot of you have had parents that have had issues, you have issues, and we prayed you through those things. Man, and so you want to do that, okay? Make sure you do that. And as it, as it was said about Ms. Jenna, um, one of the things I just want to leave you with kind of a, a party memory. Uh, Tuesday night, basically, uh, Deanna and Jennifer have been cycling her and taking her through thought by thought. And so they informed me that things had escalated um, greatly to the point where they were saying, hey, you need to come to the hospital. And so, uh, so I got up there and, you know, it was nice because she was still lucid. She knew I was there and she knew it was me. Um, and, and she could engage somewhat in conversation. So, you know, we did, we listened to prayer service. So her, my last memory with her, she died, you know, days later, um, Friday morning, about 10, 15. But she got a chance to hear the word taught and hear praise one last time. And that is the me and Serene and Jennifer and Deanna in there, and that was awesome. Just to be with them. And so, would you do me a favor? And as I ask you about these prayers, pray for Deanna and Jennifer. If you didn't know, these ladies have not worn a sign that talked about how they have devoted their lives to her, but they did. She made all of her appointments. She got to go to the, to the grocery store. She went to the hospital. She went wherever she needed to go because one of them took her. And when you transition from being a caretaker to not being a caretaker, that abrupt shift is not an easy transition. So hold my sisters up. These women were daughters to her without a shadow of a doubt. And so I'm, I'm saying that to highlight their names on purpose. That's the kind of heart we want to have a faith fellowship. To the men in here that helped her up these steps, thank you so much. To the ladies that just loved on her, she loved that. She was an encouragement to us. And so it was good. 
for us to have to fight through and work through just even getting her from that building to this building. Right. And so all of you on some level were a part of that. I'm saying thank you for that investment. That's how Faith Fellowship should run. Okay? And so with that, let's get into our series. We will finish it today. I will not be like my father Sam and take 36 years to get through Genesis. <laughs> but it might be 34. Um, okay. Let me pray and then that way we'll uh, see what God has for us more. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we are just grateful uh, to just be a part. You know, Mark said it best. Just glad to be a part. And Lord, uh, you know, as we are just hearing a charge to be a part in prayer, to be a part like physically, uh, to be a part in the investment of the souls of men and women, Lord, uh, Lord just thank you that you allow us to be a part of that. It's only by uh, your son, Jesus, that we get to do any of that. And so, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't take any of it for granted. Lord, I pray that we would just consider the things that have been lifted up today. And uh, just consider those caretakers that have been a part of this Janice life. Lord, just thank you for, for that. And now, Lord, we need to hear from you in your word. There are things that we got to get out of Acts. Lord, you are not satisfied with us just being good enough or getting our walk to a place of our own comfort. But Lord, we must dive in. We must lean into you and accept whatever it is that you have for us and that we will willingly receive it. Lord, not, not, not bitterly, but willingly. So Lord, thank you just for your word and comfort that it is. Thank you for the example that you have left for us to look to. Lord, be with me and remove me. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak and listen. Lord, we need you. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, if you haven't been with us, there's only one, Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> Acts chapter 14 is where we're going to be. And remember now, this whole series is being good enough to greatness. This is the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. This is super critical because you can see almost a really official transition from kingdom of heaven to kingdom of God. And just why that is so important, the thing that is opening up, you would not be here right now without this. You have to see the value in this. This is super important that the gospel is going forward and it didn't just stay in Jerusalem. Actually, it's coming out of Antioch. It's going into these surrounding areas. And it's by no surprise that these are aquatic places in some cases because why? People will travel there and people will leave from there. The Lord is a genius. And just how he strategically does things and moves. This is why you want to be a part of that. And so when we first started this series some time ago, remember there was something that haunts me even, even as I'm about to read it. In John 14, 12, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than me shall he do, because I go unto my Father. 
It haunts me because there is something that the Lord is looking for from me. Greater works. It sounds ridiculous. How can I do anything better than, than Jesus? Man, and the opportunity that you have in your life, the communities, the different backgrounds that we come from, all of those things, the Lord has counted and measured and said, yes, this is good. Get the gospel. And then get it. Christian, we shouldn't take this lightly. I want to get out of, especially in a time like this, where we've had the difficulty of COVID and social issues that have come up, the threat and rumors of war that now we just, we're hearing constantly. And there's a combination of that. Nothing is settled. Everything is adjusting and readjusting. And so that is making us so uncomfortable right now that what can happen is just by distraction, the gospel becomes second. And that becomes the priority of my focus. My allegiance to where I am politically or how I feel, whether I'm black or white or Latino or whatever, Asian, whatever it is. You don't see any of that mentioned here. And 14, it's gospel, it's challenge. Then there's more gospel. Then there's challenge again. Then there's more gospel. And so I'm not trying to beat little any of the things that you wrestle with, struggle with, the fears that you have. Those things are all very real. And we have a father that wants to hear from you concerning those things. Like, let him sort those things out. But the thing that we got to say in, in return is, Lord, I still will obey you. Right? And so... Since this is 3B, I won't go into great, great detail. Again, I think that we probably have just kind of a map of, you know, where we have been, where we're going. We talked about all of the different challenges that happen at the various places that we've been at. And the key verse that has been over this whole chapter for me is really in verse 22, it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must do much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. There is that mention there of God's spiritual kingdom that expands by the, the proclamation of the gospel, investment in disciples, establishment of leaders. Oh, that sounds familiar. That's how this church operates. There's nothing special about MBT. It's just biblical in the way that it's going to operate. This is that roadmap, guys. This is the thing that we need to look to and say, what is it that God has entrusted us with? What is his expectation with that? And then what are we going to do about it? We have to ask ourselves that. What are we going to do about it? And so you see, like I said, very busy. Key places. No, yes, you don't see the U.S. <laughs> and I know every American here is like, where is the good U.S. <laughs> it ain't on there. <laughs> okay? It's not the most important place on earth. I know Americans feel like it is. Let me just tell you, it is not. And it will not be later on when the Lord is sitting on the throne. He will not be in D.C. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Which, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> right. 
Okay. So we had that. We had this kind of, you know, the order of our cities. And I'm just going through this quickly just because we kind of looked at it already and we don't want to waste any time here. But we're just kind of seeing what the travel routes were. Lystra, Iconium. Remember, there was some issue there with the Jews that were there. Antioch. And then in Perga, we see that this is going back to it because they were there. That was where um, John, Mark, left initially. So I like, we'll talk about that, going back to that. It's very good. Pray that that encourages you. New place, Italia. Really, it's just Port City in terms of how it's mentioned. And then they're going back. I want you to always keep it straight in your mind now. There's Antioch of Syria, and then there's Antioch of, of Pisidia. They're going back to Antioch of Syria, okay? Which would be now, James, help me with this. Is that modern-day Iraq? Iraq? Area? Area. Yeah. Okay, just so geographically, because, you know, Americans struggle with that, too. Every place is, you don't know where Oklahoma and Arkansas are. I mean, that's <laughs> not all about. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of the, the thing. And so our key points, this was over the whole thing. We started here. And this is where we're going to be today. Be prepared for anything. Expect the unexpected. We started that last week. Invest in the souls of men. Give praise. And then continue the work. Okay, now, not to rehash all of this, let's just read it from, let's see. Okay, let's start at 21, and then we'll go down to 28 there, and then we'll get into it. And 21, it says, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lysha and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must be much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed throughout the city, they came to Pamphylia. When they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work. Don't miss this, which they fulfilled. There's something very important about that part. It's the thing that we want to hear the Lord say of us. Verse 27, and when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed. It's Tuesday night prayer. You know how it is. We go on a mission trip. Boston, we'll be expecting one. Tampa, and then Dallas. And Tuesday night, you'll come back and you'll tell what it is. What did God do? What did you see? What did you learn? Same thing. Man, I'm telling you, we just following a pattern that was already in place. And when they were coming and gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them. And now he had opened the door of faith, don't miss this, unto the Gentiles. We know that this has taken place before, like in small part, and even in Jerusalem, where it has to be mentioned that Peter goes back and gives testimony of that. But the thing is, is that this is different. This is, this is, this is more official. Because if you notice, Jerusalem, the mention of it is lessening and lessening. Because now the Lord has shifted the home base to Antioch, Syria. Okay? And so that's really critical that you see there. And then verse 28, and there they abode a long time. Now, let me just get my, since I have my beautiful preparer of my notes here. Yes, we wanted to cover these principles again. 
because I wanted you to see, just in case you didn't get it, and because Jeanette wasn't here. <laughs> I'm going to keep mentioning that because I love her. That's my girl. We go way back. <laughs> Principle one, your best preparation is intimacy with Jesus. We kind of saw that in that first key point. Be prepared for anything and expect the unexpected. We know how ugly things got for them in the stoning that would eventually take place. It's like the Lord had delivered them out of that, and now we had gotten to a point where, no, nope, there was no running away from me. Here I am. The hardship of, of me focusing on the Lord is right before me. And I'm telling you, there may be things that the Lord has signed you up for that you cannot avoid. It will be difficult. It will be hard. It will cost you. Are you willing to lay down your life for the cause of Christ? And I mean that in every way, in a physical sense and in, and in a metaphorical sense, in both ways. Man, I, you know, I've been saying, and the thing I realized, whether it's in my life or the life of Faith Fellowship and MBT, and just because we're in this stage of Laodicea, man, we got to toughen up. I don't know what we think that our lives are going to be, but man, just read about Jesus. What ease did he have? It will not be easy. And so the best preparation is going to be that intimacy with Jesus. Our, the point that we left on last time, and we'll revisit that when we get there in John, where it just talks about abiding in him. And that's where you want to be. It's not about you mustering up enough strength and ability. You don't have it, which is why the Lord gave you his spirit, his word, his people to encourage you. And remember I said, the one thing that's very dangerous is, is when you opt out of one of those three, you, go, you, you will go crazy and become a heretic just having the word just by itself. You got to have God's spirit. You got to have God's people because somebody's going to tell you that is crazy talk. What do you, why are you thinking? Show me book, chapter, verse, where that is. You need that. That's why you can't not be here. Sorry to tell you. I'm not taking attendance, but I am going to tell you, you got to be here. Remember, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. You know, some of the issues is I think that we just lose it to some degree when we're kind of considering the challenges that are facing us and, and we get so upset, so disappointed in people and we just forget that you're up against something greater than that. There's something far more alarming to be concerned about. Which is why I can't make my wars not with you. I can tell you everything until I'm blue in the face, but until you actually just say, okay, I see that for myself in the word, and I'm going to obey that, you know what? I might have to tell you again. That's my job as fellowship leader. I, I'm just telling you, I'm committed to telling you again. You may not like it. I'm going to tell you again. You are not my enemy. I love you. And I want you to be fruitful. So I may have to tell you difficult things from time to time. The Lord may have to tell you difficult things through circumstances from time to time. Using the hardship of people. 
The other thing is never rely on self or deliverance. I, I think this is so critical. So those options that you tried to work out before you got saved and this is the way you were gonna handle things when they came up, they'll just throw them out the window. That is officially garbage. You have to, the deliverance has to come from the Lord. And you know, you gotta see all these verses that are there. And so we got all that stuff. Most of you that were here, you have that. We won't cover that in great detail, but just as a remember, just to put your in remembrance of that. Are you making choices based off of what the word of God says? Are you still just guessing and going back to what you think is right? That will fail you. I'm telling you. It will fail you. And so we have to get away from that. And then the other point that we got a chance to kind of look at, this is before we got into our second key point, was here. Your deliverance was not just for you, but for the body as well. One of the things that you got to be okay with, the Lord may let you get to the very close to the edge of the end of your life, just so when you retell it, it is an absolute encouragement to those listening. I, I told you, remember, we talked about India, and we mentioned that. I won't mention it in detail again, but there was something that happened there that did a, a number on me. And then when I came back, I know, again, there are some of you that remember that story. You think about it. Man, it was really cool. I got a chance to talk to Doug about it. And man, he was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, I get it. And actually, he said, what our trip is the changing tide in India. When he was there, it was fairly peaceful. He said, but things have changed. And so, guys, that means whenever we go internationally, you can't expect it always to just be, just because I signed up, the trip is going to go just as planned, as I planned. No, it's going to go the way the Lord wants it to go. And how are you going to respond when faced with that? See, I, I know the thing about Paul that's very interesting is that this guy never lost sight of it, which is why he could do that. He understand that intimate time with Jesus was paramount. When it is that he is in Saudi Arabia in that time, it just it's him and the Lord, and he's telling him everything. He took that to heart. It impacted his ministry in a way like, well, we can see it on the very pages of Acts 14, 13, and the rest of it. He wrote the epistles. He knew he didn't wrestle with flesh and blood. His own countrymen would betray him, stone him. How do you think that makes him feel? In this day and age, where now it's like we're picking which lives matter. What if that the ones that you would say matter are the very ones that turn on you? How would that make you feel? Jewish lives matter. Well, I'm going to stone you, brother, because you got the gospel on your lips. He couldn't rely on himself for self-deliverance. Whatever the Lord had in front of him, he was going to take it. Because if that meant the end, that he knew it would be good with God, that I'm finished. But the Lord said, no, you're not done. Get up. You might be a little bloody. Your lips are bleeding. That's all right. Wipe yourself off. Take a break. Get back to it. I love that. See, it's these kinds of things, man, that's going to transition us from just being good enough to greatness. Are you bored with your faith? It's boring because you're doing it your way, not the Lord's. 
There's no way it can be boring if you're doing it the way the Lord has. And so let's get to where we can uh, fight in here and try to get our heads on straight. And that's gonna put us right here in principle six. And remember I said that key verse there was confirming the souls. And so why must we go through tribulation? That may be the question you just ask yourself. You're tired of it. It's been a season of it. It's been long. Maybe you got some new trouble showed up. Or you get out of trouble and then you write into some other thing. It's because in confirming, the Lord is seeking to establish us. In Isaiah 35, 3, it says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. You have weak hands and feeble knees, and the Lord means to strengthen you by these challenges. You know the best thing for your knees is for you to bend them in prayer. That is the best knee uh, uh, workout I can give you is to pray. Bend your knee in prayer. There's an establishment that comes just from knowing that this situation is more powerful than you. And so I must, I must beg the Father to show up in this situation. Confirming those souls, it is necessary for him to establish that. These are heathens, pagans that know nothing about that. Nothing. He has to establish them in something. They can't just be established in, okay, well, here's the gospel. Good luck. Uh, yeah. See you later. No, because the first sign of trouble, what would they do? Bail. It would be going back to whatever pagan belief they had, because that's easier. We saw that in Exodus. That's the whole thing with the leaks. Super disrespectful. I get it. You might be a little tired of them kind of honey-flavored wafer crackers, but the Lord is bringing them supernaturally. You want to go back in bondage and get some leeks? And I'll have that. And slavery. Don't forget that. No, we didn't say that. We just said, I remember the food. I remember the slavery. That's tied to that food. Guys, you got to be established in something, and that's what we seek to do here at NBC is establishing in the word of God. But here's the thing. You got to do it. You got to do it. This is that hard transition. Confirming those souls of the disciples. That hard thing is you got to understand your weak points and you got to agree with God that he is right. See, I want you to look at LFBI and, and Foundations 2 and 3 differently. Don't just sign up just because we are telling you to do it. Understand that there is truth there that will change your life. It will change your life. And in 1 Peter 5.10, it says, But the God of all grace, who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, what happens? It makes you perfect, established, strengthened, settle you. So obviously the question on the floor this morning is this, are any of you settled? Perhaps this is the most settled that you have been, but that's because you're trying to opt out of the way the Lord means to settle you. You don't think 
that those new converts, those new disciples are hearing about what's happening with Paul. He's on the run. They can see it on his face. The stoning, that's not something that just leans overnight. Battle tested. I, listen, when I was at KCBT and MBT2, man, I hear these great, these great preachers and Mark Trotter and, and Sam and Kenny and Chris, all these, all of our pastors. I got tired of just looking at them in a way that was like they were so magnificent. And the Lord will always ever say to me, Dell, obey me, be faithful. You can do what they're doing. There's nothing magical about what they're doing. They're faithful men. It shouldn't be this whole idea like we it's us and them. It's us. It's us. You guys are uniquely gifted in ways that we have yet to discover because, well, perhaps you haven't gotten faithfully to the thing that the Lord has been calling you to for years. Then I let the hardship settle in. Let it establish you. Be strengthened. Be made perfect in the way that he seeks to make you perfect. That exhorting there, when it says, and exhorting them, means to encourage. And here it was where we left off last week. John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And man gathered them and cast them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, and you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved ye, and continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you. Tell us, Jesus, why? That my joy might remain in you. Do you have that joy this morning? You have to start asking yourself these questions. Regardless of whatever is going on around you, do you have the kind of joy that just says, I have Jesus, I'm good. I don't really know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't really know how the situation is going to work out. But I have the Lord. So I trust and truly believe with a kind of peace that cannot be manufactured and just be putting on t-shirts and bumper stickers. But the kind of peace that's real, that when you are facing it, you know where you stand. I'm telling you, that's Paul, man. That's Paul. He knew where he stood. Even if he was picking himself up off the ground from being stoned, he still know where he stood with Christ. The rest of us say, man, your joy might be full. Man, listen, just being with the Lord means you will be full. 
And so I just wrote something just for myself to really kind of analyze the benefits of abiding in Jesus is that fruit is conditional. And listen, you say, why is that a benefit? Because I don't want to trick myself into thinking that I don't need him. That's why. For without me, you can do nothing. Do you believe that this morning or do you try to tamper with it? Do you try to fix it? Do you try to offer suggestions to that individual without giving them biblical truth? For without me, you can do nothing. Another benefit is his protection. He is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But that is not the case if I abide in him. You understand that? Why would I leave the place of protection? For the false protection that I think that I have, Paul never did that. I'm not leaving that. This is why I say all the time, they will have to kick me out of this church. Because, man, I get fed here. Man, if there's something that God has for me to do, he's going to have to email all the pastors and me twice just because so, I'm not going anywhere. It's protection here. I know that. When I physically walk in, I'm good. I got a force field. People are praying for me. They will stand with me in the gaps. Why would I leave it? The other thing, benefit is prayers built around his word are answered. Notice that I put a little extra on there. Prayers built around his word. These little Santa Claus lists you keep making to the Lord, man, come on with that. You are talking to the creator of everything. Of everything. You got to know his word in order to make prayers based off of them. That's what LFBI is for. That's what Foundations 2 and 3 are for. And then the last thing, the hard thing, God the Father is glorified. And so listen, you may have finished D1, but you bring the Lord glory. I mean, hey, great. I'm glad you finished. But does your life work out to a way that it brings the Father glory? Do when people see how it is that you live, how you think, how you function, how you surrender, do they, do they, in their mind, inquire, this person must have a relationship with Jesus? Or do they think, man, they think like I do. They're just as afraid as I am. Oh, man. Listen, please. Please. See, I love that Paul is confirming and exhorting in this way. And listen, he's not doing anything that doesn't happen at ET. And not because we got the corner market on anything. Guys, listen, we have a living faith family of incredible churches. And outside that living faith family, there are more yet that we don't even know that are doing the same work. But I'm saying this because you are here. What are you doing while you are here? Don't just take this verse and look at the hardness that's happening. And by the scariness of saying, we must do much tribulation to enter into the kingdom of God. 
Guys, that establishment and that encouragement is so necessary for your function. I mean, just, you need it. You need it. And so, next verse, in verse 23, it goes on. And then he says, and when they had ordained them elders in every church, I'm with you, Father. And uh, in, every, in every church, and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they had believed. Why is it important to ordain elders? Because God seeks to expand his kingdom. That's why. This is why we have to be praying for Laramie. It cannot just exist being a bunch of baby Christians. People will have to grow up. There will have to be an investment in the word. People will have to step up into roles they are not comfortable with, and that will make the Lord so happy because listen i just said it to a brother and in terms of encouragement you are holding desperation and usefulness simultaneously as a believer the lord needs to use you the lord needs to have you desperate and the one we don't like i don't want to be desperate i just want to be useful look at me and all my skills and talents the lord's like Ugh. <laughs> you don't have any skills or talent <laughs> see listen Christian 2 Timothy you know it we're studying it 2 Timothy 2 2 and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men and what do they do who shall be able to teach others also so listen you get write it down please we miss the mark when we simply focus on a better self you miss the mark when you simply focus on a better soul. A lot of times when people come to church, we get it, that it's like, I'm a mess, so I need the Lord to fix me. And the Lord's like, yeah, I'll fix you. But uh, how about that gospel? Can I get you to say something? Can you invite somebody to Bible study? Invite somebody to church? I used to get on people's nerves. When I first got saved, that zeal I had at work, people would roll their eyes and Lord. Here this guy comes. And you know what? I lost it. I got jaded to the point where it's like I learned just enough to kind of quiet down, and then it shut my mouth like a cage. And it took me a little while to get back to opening my mouth. Like that's how it goes. You try to figure out, man, where is that zeal that I have for the Lord? I'm just excited to let everybody know. And then you learn some more things and you have some life and it punches you in the stomach. And the next thing you know, your mouth will not open for the gospel. And then, oh man, okay, let's, let me just peel back this. Sam was probably hot five. The trick of MBT is, is then now you start waiting on disciples versus going to go get them by the gospel. Now you think you're still adding to the family. And you might even get mad because the discipleship team ain't paired you up with somebody. Go give. That's your job. You wait. You, you wait on the discipleship team to sign you over. Come on now. See that? That's that's how we do. It's that it's that little trick. Oh, I'm doing right. I'm, yeah, I'm signing up. Now I don't know why those guys haven't paired me up because you're afraid of the gospel. Maybe that's why. Oh, okay. So listen, 
there's space and place to get paired up, and absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna do that. But uh, you don't have to wait. You got a neighborhood. You got a work area. You got family. Do they know that you know the gospel? Or are you just busy at church? That's why you can't make the function. You're just busy at church. That's how they see it. I'm telling you. And open your mouth. You have to open your mouth. Listen, listen, write this down. A better you will be training up better disciples. You want to get better? You got to make disciples better than you. Invest in them in such a way and give opportunities that the Lord will use them in a more mighty way. I am not afraid of whatever any of you will turn into. That doesn't have anything to do with the fruit that's coming my way. Actually, it does. It will increase it. So that's why I like it. Because I want a little credit. I'll just stand in the back. Lord, you see? Remember? They were hard-headed, Lord. Remember that? Remember how hard? But look, they're useful for you. That's why we got to have elders in every church. No church will function without them. You have to have them. The thing I love about my kind of uh, growth is that a lot of you have seen it happen, like front row seat. You said hi to me on the on the on the porch there. You coming in? I was on the security team, and now you're in this class. Man, praise the Lord! Nothing special. Any one of you guys can do this. I'm just telling you. They ordain elders in every church and pray with fasting. See, we're on that now. What are you asking for? Guys, listen. All Sam is trying to do is put you in opportunities for you to have food. Because he knows what it means. He said in Malawi, it was, uh, I was sandwiched in between two of the greatest preachers I've ever heard in my life. And all I could think, this is all I could think, what am I doing? Trotter was first, then me, then Sam after. Of course, I I couldn't even, I was, a, I had an opportunity, this is before the Chage sisters got there. <laughs> I had an opportunity to have a conversation with all these guys, and I couldn't really, just because I was so uncomfortable. And the one thing when Sam got up and preached, he said, my investment in Dell is so that he will be a better pastor than I am. away. I'm like, I don't even know what to say with that. And all I can worry about is what points I had and how my message went and all that. Listen, it's going to be awful for a little bit. That's okay. If the Lord has called you to preach the work, I, it ain't going to be awesome. I'm just telling you. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's not the focus. The Lord is looking for, will you do it? Will you obey? I'm just asking y'all now, 100% involvement on Bible study and faith fellowship. That's what I'm asking for. 100%. Because I know that that's where it's going to start. If we're going to become shepherds and evangelists in this class, then the ladies, you got to get in those Bible studies. And I know there are personalities you got to deal with. 
and just leave it at the door because the thing that's in front of you is far greater. Guys, you need to be challenged with coming to Bible study faithfully and that you will be given the opportunity to lead. I know every leader, because I, I place them there, they will give you opportunity. And not one of them is afraid of who you're going to turn into. Be in there. Be in there. Principle seven. It goes along with that. And tied to that key point, listen, healthy churches are churches that invest in people that will invest in people. So anytime you're thinking about maybe leaving or you're going to join or you're going to start a church with some guys in here, the Lord maybe will use you in that way. Listen, the only way that that church is going to stand is it's got to be a church that's going to be investing in people. It can't just be a church that seeks to have a greater size. Big deal. We see what those toxic places are like. They're just cesspools of nothing. And so, when you see that come in, you have to understand something. The Lord's seeking to encourage you, to establish you, but he's also entrusted you. Do you realize that you've been given something that the Lord is like, give away freely. Don't make people beg for it. Give it away. This is why the gospel for him is just one thing that he can just freely give. We saw that throughout the entirety of Acts chapter 14 up to this point is that the gospel, no matter what happened, he just gave it. It wasn't whether or not they deserved it or even if they wanted to hear it in some cases. It was something that he gave away. And so don't miss what you are part of, but just as you are looking at verse 23, it's so important. 22, so important. What are we doing here? Guys, we're not just coming here just so we can sit next to our friends. That is suitable for middle school cafeteria. Okay? I love all of you, and I want to sit with all of you all the time. But then, you know what? Sometimes we got to do a split up on Tuesday night. So, okay. So, I just said 100% involvement on that. I would love to see, and I'm not just saying it like some pipe dream. I'd love to see all of you there on Tuesday night. Because you know what? That's the factory. Tuesday night, we should rename it. It's the factory. That's where the workers are. People that have held this church down are those people that are there. Where are you at? Where is it at on a priority list for you? I know it's hard. I know you got some, uh, what, what does Sam say? The one circumstance, some big $15 word circumstance. I can't remember. You know what he says. Some circumstance that stops you from being there. Fight through it. Put a flag down. You need to put a flag down. And I did, it changed my, it changed my walk. And so that's how these guys, this, this is the work that these guys have been up to, up to this point. When you're thinking about going from good enough to greatness, it is these things that you have to be a part of doing. Remember I said, the investment in the souls of men, it is the greatest work that you can do. Some of you are very talented at work. You have great minds for work and vocation. 
But listen, if that mind is wasted, if that mind does not have the gospel ready to give, if when you come back here and you're thinking like, okay, can I, who haven't I met here? Man, am I, where are my disciples at? Don't we call them, check on them, what are they doing, how are they doing? Do you think like that? Or is it just, hey, you just ready? I was chick fil I don't eat any of the meals. I don't care about any of the meals. I want to be here because you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray together. That's why I'm here. That is just a convenience to make it easier for those of you that are coming out to work to be able to eat when you get here. But listen, that Chick-fil-A and them slightly damp sandwiches? No. <laughs> I, that can't be the only reason we show up to prayer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. We're here to work, man. The factory. We're here to work. And so, verses 24, 25. And then passed through Pisidia and they came to Pamphylia. We're going to be here. They came to Pamphylia and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. Now, let me just, I just added this kind of in. I love Paul's heart to revisit the city that may have been overlooked for that difficult circumstance of John Mark bouncing. Acts 13, 13 says, Now when Paul and his company loose from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John departed from their return to Jerusalem. So let me encourage you with something. Don't fret. Some missed opportunities that you have had, God may allow you to revisit them. There are sometimes you know that you missed a divine appointment and you're like, man, <clears throat> man, do you have a heart to revisit those things? Call up that old disciple. It's been a while. See how they're doing. Encourage them. It don't have to be, you know, how come you ain't going to church? And I know this, okay, that, you might get doubts on after that. <laughs> Ease into it. How you doing? You're doing okay? Why? What am I trying to do when I'm doing that? I just want you to know I love you. And I really miss your company. I want you to be around. Man, this guy is going back. Without the cloudiness of having to deal with that John Mark situation, we know how intense that was. We'll get into that in the next chapter. We'll talk about it more. But like, just the idea of where his head is at to make sure I got to go back and teach the word there. My mind may have been messed up with that. I may have been having just some difficult conversations with John, pleading with him to, hey, man, say, stick it out. What's wrong with you? Come on. Nope. Now let's go back. Let's focus. So what if it is that the Lord gives you opportunity again? You know, in your family, that's always a redo. Maybe you were uh, a bludgeon with the Bible before, and you think now you have laid such a foundation so awful that <laughs> the Lord is like, your mouth, never open your mouth again <laughs> for the cause of the gospel. Uh, don't believe that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you have a willing heart to revisit that, revisit it. Do it, I'm telling you. Do it. Don't just let your family members see you as just being busy. There's more to what you're doing than just busyness. Or just something that can take your time away when you can rather be at brunch or enjoying some other event. There's more to it. Verse 26, and then sell to Antioch from whence they had uh, recommended the grace of God for the work which they had fulfilled. 
And why go back to Antioch? Because now this is the home base. So from just a doctrinal standpoint, you have to understand something. Acts 11, 25 through 27 says this. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. So there's a, an established church that's there. Okay. And taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Okay. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. But the thing that uh, you don't want to miss in terms of their fulfillment is what God had intended for them to do, they did it. So now you have to ask yourself, do you even know what the Lord wants you to do? One. And then if you do, how are you doing on it? If you die today, if the Lord said, hey, uh, check out time is today, um, so let's go right now, what's he going to say? That bugs me. As a fellowship leader, that really bugs me. That's why I'm sweating up here. And I have to sweat through the week to try to get in the word of like, Lord, you got to tell me what to tell your people. And then give me the heart to give them the grace to just let them work that out. I can't be y'all's Holy Spirit. You have one, obey it. Obey it. What God had intended for them to do, they did it. And so our last key point, last thing is we're going, getting out of here, is to give praise. And when they were come, they gathered the church together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Why is this important to gather? Listen, don't take for granted our gathering. Sunday, Tuesday, Bible study time, discipleship time. Hebrews 10, 19 through 24 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. How? With a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So let us hold fast, guys, the profession of our faith without wavering. For he that is faithful that promised. And absolutely. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Is the day not approaching? It absolutely is. You know this is the age of Laodicea. Super distracted. You think you got it all figured out. The Lord is like, no, you don't have anything figured out. That is the heart of how we come here. We don't come here just because I'm worried about if somebody sees me or not. I'm coming here with a sure, full heart, true heart, and full assurance of faith. And I, I believe what it is that is going to be said there, and I'm seeking to apply it. The, the kids can minister to me all the way up to Sam. Remember, I used to opt out. If it was kids stuff, I'm like, I don't see you. I don't care about it. I ain't got kids. I don't care about that. No. Wrong. Wrong. There's not a time that I don't come in this place that the Lord doesn't give me something to take out of here. So how are you coming? 
Give praise. That last principle you saw at the highest value should be placed on the access we now have through Jesus. And the one thing, man, just as a reminder, you saw it up there. Oh, that man will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And you saw there's a verse that's really important just doctrinally that opened the door of faith. You should look at that in terms of the fact that God is not done with Israel. And if I had the time, I would tell you that in great detail, but it's already mapped out. Just read Paul's words in Romans 11. There is something that has taken place and the Lord means to provoke them to jealousy by our faithfulness and opportunity. That's why we don't want to waste it. It ministers to them if we are faithful. Guys, listen. The last thing was this. Continue the work. In verse 28, we saw that they are both there a long time with the disciples. And I'll leave you with this verse. Colossians 3.23. And whatsoever you do, do heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So my question for you is, do you, do you, um, you believe that this morning? See, I, I pray that this wrecked you like it did me because, well, now I know better, right? That's the hard part about the Bible. Once you find that, find it out, you can't say, well, Lord, I was ignorant. Now you got to do something. So what is your next action item? Remember what it was that Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and the greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Listen, here's the conclusion. Don't be deceived. God has allowed you a part in expanding his kingdom. Don't try and redefine it. Don't deny it. Just simply be willing to die for it. You have to die for it. That's how we move into this next stage of your walk. Lay your hands on the greatness that the Lord has set before you. Don't be distracted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you um, just for your word, Lord, and I pray that all of us, Lord, uh, guilty just as much as this beloved group of individuals, that, Lord, sometimes we can settle for good enough. Lord, I pray that we would be a class that just values all these things that we've been discussing over a kind of a four-week period that perhaps we need to revisit it. But, Lord, I, I just pray that we look at our walk and and stop figuring out all the places where that's good enough as to answer a man and not the Lord. Lord, I, there's no way I can even fashion that sentence to you. There's nothing I can do that would be enough. Lord, I pray, help us to just obediently, faithfully attend upon the things that you have set before us. And Lord, give us fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.